This is Keep Up. I'm your host, Cynthia Dill. Today's Friday, January 5th, 2024, 72 days after Maine's deadliest shooting that killed 18 people and seriously wounded 13 others. Joining me today by phone is Lewiston State Representative Margaret Craven, who was in Lewiston on the night of the shooting in lockdown. She's been a guest on the podcast before, but she's back at work in the Maine capital where the legislature is back in session and the place is buzzing with talk about Trump ballot access, impeachment, the election, and of course guns. At least that's what the papers say. We'll hear it from the horse's mouth. Welcome, Margaret Craven. Thank you, Cynthia. Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you, and thanks so much for coming back on the podcast. You're back in Augusta, is that right? Yes, we started on Tuesday. And uh, we're off and running, really. Uh, next week, we're up there for three days a week, and we have a very tight schedule for this uh, for this uh, short session. Now, the last time you joined the podcast, Margaret, we were, you know, just getting over the, the Lewiston shooting events um, that had transpired, that the killer had been found. How are you doing on a personal level before we get into what's happening in Augusta? Well, you know, we're doing a day at a time, and uh, sometimes we hear and see uh, the sadness and the uh, the efforts that the, our uh, local families are making uh, to try and manage putting their lives back together. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the, Resil- the Resilience Center is doing well. I think it's being fairly well used, and um, I was speaking with uh, with uh, John LeBlanc yesterday, she she heads up the uh, our local first responders team, and she said they were taking advantage of going in there and trying their best to manage, um, you know, just to manage the trauma that they are living with after uh, after the tragedy. What is the name of the resource that you're talking about, and how can people access it if they need to? Oh, it's called the the Resilience Center, and actually Community Concepts, which is one of the CAP agencies, it's our local CAP agency here, is uh, running it, and so they have um, counselors from Tri-County Mental Health there, they have, um, they have uh, attorneys there from um, Pine Tree Legal and from uh, legal services from for the elderly, and also I think from uh, Disabilities Maine, from Rights Maine, and uh, so you have to make appointments if you want very specific, and they're all volunteers, and they're it's 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 free to anybody that's been affected and would like to go. So they they have regular hours, but if you want specific. Um, you know, assistance, then you have to make an appointment so that the, the particular, uh, you know, person with the special skills are called in. Yeah, uh, so so it sounds like there's a lot of people working on trying to heal and 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 keep just going day to day. You're, you're back in Augusta as the state representative. Is it good to be back in work? It is. We went up on Tuesday, and there was... Uh, probably 700 people uh, that was uh, there from very, you know, from all kinds of agencies like Moms Men's Action and Maine 
mean, uh, Good Safety Coalition and um, the, you know, Grandmothers for <laughs> Grandmothers for Safety. So okay. was most was most of the crowd there in your belief that connected with the gun issue, or because there's a lot of things going on in Augusta. They were there, and they were, in, and it was co- coordinated, um, definitely, um, f- with. Um, they weren't. They're not anti-gun people, and I don't call them anti-gun people, but they are in favor of gun safety legislation, and so um, we don't want people to think that we want to take their guns or that we don't uh, respect their Second Amendment rights. But um, for but we need to have common sense laws and the the laws that we're looking at really is a solid uh, red flag law um you know a good background check law that'll fill in all of the uh, the you know the, the the pieces that are missing from the current back but um um, yeah, check, yeah, back background check, check, yeah. Background check law. And then, uh, of course, a ban on assault weapons. And uh, I would still like uh, to have a 72-hour waiting period uh, because states that have enacted a 72-hour waiting period um, doesn't necessarily have to be 72 hours, but uh, it definitely reduces the suicide rate, for, for especially for young people. And... Uh, younger people in our in our population. So, of the big three that you just mentioned, that seem to be the focus, the you know, uh, like sort of enhanced background check, uh, banning assault weapons, and red flag law versus yellow flag. Uh, first, I want to know: was the mood on Monday or Tuesday, rather, uh, Wednesday, <laughs> um, when you had the big gathering of? gun advocates on both sides of the issue or on all sides. Was it angry or was it just um, a lot of people? Well, we had a lot of security. And of course, guns are not allowed in the state house. Thank God for that. Uh, there, there was many, many more um, advocates for gun safety. But we did have, um, we, we did also have people that were opposed to uh, any kind of, um, you know, uh, gun legislation and they had big signs saying guns saves lives and I'm thinking that's a ridiculous statement uh, and uh, as a matter of fact one of the really I think heartbreaking things that happened was we had one of the fathers well we had one of the you know the, it was the father and the mother was here but the father was speaking uh, and somebody booed him uh, and uh, again he was a moderate moderate speaker and a moderate presenter not asking uh, to have people's guns taken away at all, but his but his son was one of the people that had gotten shot, and it was it was just just bone chilling to hear somebody boo his. Yeah, his there's always one in every crowd, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So of of the of the three biggies that we just t- talked about, banning assault weapons, background checks, and red flag. What do you think, just off the top of your head, the chances are of any of those passing? Well, I'm hoping all three of them will pass. And there's going to be, this is not the first day that all of those people, meet. I mean, this is the first day that all of those people came to Augusta, but it won't be the last day. And they're very, very organized. And we went, uh, uh, Eight of eight people, eight legislators from Maine went to Washington D.C. on the 13th of December, and we had uh, a meeting 
uh, at the White House, and there were about 112 legislators from all over the country. And this is a, a story that hit me really hard, uh, but we had a senator from uh, Texas that was there, and he um, his district includes Duvalde. And he said after uh, the shooting there that they actually passed, uh, and you know what a red uh, state Texas is, um, but they actually passed um, an assault uh, weapon ban there, and the lead sponsor was a Republican woman. Oh, so, okay, and, so so you said, when I asked if, what you thought the chances are, you said you hope these all three are going to pass, but do, have you actually, do you think there's been any movement of people who had been opposed before? Because, you know, I mean, if the same old people are for it, but not enough of them, do you, do you I, think there's I, been movement? I, I, I do. I, th- I think that Troy Jackson has changed uh, his position, and I know that you know, he led um, this past session, he led on uh, really, uh, I think, killing all our bills that went there. Oh, that's a biggie then. That's a biggie. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's actually even filed uh, one one bill, and I don't know what it is because we haven't seen his bill, nor the speaker's bill either. Uh, it hasn't, they haven't been written yet. But they're in the pipeline. And um, so... Yeah, I, th- I think the, the governor, who's always been very conservative about uh, gun uh, legislation, I think that she also has uh, changed, you know, I think that she has absolutely softened. And I don't know uh, whether she'll sign bills <coughs> or just maybe let some bills go without a signature. Or so. I'm only guessing. Yeah. Is there any indication from the Sportsmen's Alliance of Maine that they might support they any of these bills? All yeah, three. All yeah. So that's 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 a hurdle. Well, in addition to the focus, of course, on gun laws, and 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 it's a short session, so you, so you don't you know you don't you don't have a lot of time. But but there's a lot of other things in the newspaper about what's happening at Augusta, and I'm curious to hear your take on it. Like, are you hearing a lot of people talk about this Trump ballot access issue? There was a lot of talk about that, and. Um, I think we have a resolution to impeach the Secretary of State. And I am very, I am so proud of the Secretary of State because I think that she's brave and she has a lot of courage and that everybody should be standing up to Donald Trump like she has. And uh, we were in the majority, thank God, and uh, she's definitely not going to get impeached. But you're right, there is going to be, there's going to be fodder and it's going to be fodder for the media and that sort of thing. But uh, also, you know, she's a very clear speaker and uh, it's very easy to understand her process and her policies. And she was very clear that she knew this is going to go to judiciary and this is going to be debated and this, you know, a judge is going to make, make, make a decision. And I think, um, and I just really admire her for for um for her stance and and her work do you think there'll be any democrats who vote to impeach her i i don't think i don't think personally i don't think so if there are i haven't heard of them and we uh we've had a a caucus on um on tuesday or wednesday rather and uh you know i i haven't heard anybody being 
being upset with her decision. Have you picked up on, uh, you know, election 2024 uh, issues? Like, is is the presidential race weighing on the minds of legislators? Is it impacting what's happening in Augusta, as far as you can tell so far? I don't know. I think that people haven't thought that far ahead. Um, you know, like I said, we're, we're, are you referring now to... to Secretary of State's decision to... Well, and just the primary, you know, Super Tuesday coming up in the primary, and it'll be interesting to see, like, what... I mean, obviously, Joe Biden is going to be the nominee for Democrats, but on the Republican side, given that, you know, Trump is, I guess, off the ballot, maybe, but, you know, because it's going to be such a tight race, and if Donald Trump can get one electoral college vote in the second congressional district, it might make a difference. But I'm also just curious to see if Maine Republicans maybe nominate somebody else. Well, I don't know. I mean, all, all of their candidates are better than Donald Trump. And if I was a Republican, I'd probably pick Nikki Haley, you know. Um, but but I, I haven't heard any, any conversation about that yet. The other interesting thing that I'm I'm curious, um, and I'm going to be watching, and I'm wondering if you have any take on it, is that this is the first year that Maine has this semi-open primary, where, like me, for instance, can unenroll and become unenrolled, and then on March 5th, get the Republican ballot and vote in that primary, just to try to, you know... <laughs> tip the table towards Nikki Haley. Uh, I'm curious, do do you think that, I mean, is anyone even talking about that? Is it, is... No, I'm worried about that, and I think I voted in opposition to that, uh, to that vote, but... um, What worries you about that? Why are you worried about that? Uh, Well, exactly about, about people just being able to, uh, to come in and then change back and, and, um, and, and then, you know, uh, have have people have people be elected have people be elected uh, um, you know in the primary that may not have a chance to win. Yeah, I, I understand that if if you if you think people are going to try to trick the system or somehow like exploit the system, yeah. then I then I I agree that that then I would be concerned as well. But I would like to just say from a personal perspective that it's what I'm doing, and it's not because I, I'm trying to you know, outsmart anyone. To me, it's like a tool that we have as a society to put up the two best candidates. Because I would love to see a debate between Nikki Haley and Joe Biden. I'd love the contest to be between a Republican, you know, that I could... Between real, some real people, yeah. Yeah, you know, that I could just, you know, go to bed on election night knowing that, okay, no matter who wins, we're going to have somebody pretty decent. Right, right. Right, that's not going to put in... So that so there's a plug for you, um, Margaret Craven. For you, you could unenroll, vote for Nikki Haley in the primary, and still. <laughs> well, Margaret Craven, thanks so much for joining the the podcast again. I hope you'll keep in touch. Do you have any, um, you know, all the gun legislation? I'm sure you're interested in. Are there any other? Big, uh, you know, issues that you're that you're carrying Uh, in the second session. Housing, really, uh, you know, the the shortage of housing for working class people and for limited income people uh, is just a nightmare. A nightmare. We have constituents calling all the time, wondering how they're, you know, going to going to be able to get housing. uh, You know, going to be able to afford housing. And, uh, I oh, I'm very familiar with the housing issue. 
yeah, yeah, it's it's a nightmare. And so we're going to have a lot of that, I think, going on. And uh, then we have the flavored tobacco um, cigarette uh, bill in front of us that was carried over to bad flavored tobacco, which is poisoning our children. Are you on the housing? Are you on the housing committee? No, I'm on Health and Human Services. Okay. Well, I just want everyone to keep their eye on Cape Elizabeth when it comes to housing because I'm working still very hard with a bipartisan group of people to develop an affordable housing um, development as defined in the new state law for you know moderate, low and moderate income people in Cape Elizabeth and um, and I'm and I'm excited about it. So on municipal land that we that we would own and so anyway, I'm working on it. Well, thank you for thank you for your work on that because it's very difficult to recruit people to come into the state of Maine uh, to work, especially in the healthcare field, which we are just desperate to have when we have no no you know housing to offer them to live in. Well, I so agree, okay. but I must thank say, you. I, I, yes, you're welcome. And if I must just make one more plug, and that's this. I think the low-income tax credit is way overblown in terms of a tool to address the housing crisis because what it does, it incentivizes developers to make a lot of money, and what we get as a product in society is, in my view, very bleak housing that, that is not suitable for families, it's not suitable for the workforce because, like in Cape Elizabeth, you know, it's just, it's so we need better, I, I think we need more tools than just the low-income tax credit, so I hope to keep helping work on that <laughs> definitely well thank you well thank you margaret have a great weekend You're just fine. take care bye-bye